I love the generative moment in a really engaging conversation when the world falls away and you forget time and place. I've had listening as a secret superhero power for as long as I can remember. I think listening helps build a great conversation and real listening is done with an open curiosity and very little of your own agenda. It may sound easy, but it can be really hard to do. I like to make connections between ideas and people. It's just the way my brain works. Why do we connect with other human beings? I think it's part of the hierarchy of needs. Comfort, connection, community. I've always been uncomfortable with the question, what do you do? I don't equate what you do with who you are. We all have multiple interests, passions, families, backstories, and futurescapes that make us who we are. Every interaction changes us, some in big and some in small ways. I hope this podcast changes you. So you are from the South Kissick and hear a lovely accent. Is it Texas? It's Texas, yeah. Texas. Part of the Golden Triangle. You got Denton, Dallas, and Fort Worth. We're the pinnacle. So Very I grew nice. up around Denton. Very nice. I moved up here for um, the weather, kind of, seasons. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my God, it's hot in Texas. Yeah, coming yeah, up here and there's leaves and greenery. And August is the most depressing month in Texas. It's cool. brown. Yeah, it's brown. And then then around October it gets pretty again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it's it's close to um you know, you can hop on a plane and be in England or Ireland or wherever. It's cool. <laughs> That's a good thing, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm like chicken levels too. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to take off my sweater here. It's not that kind of party. <laughs> Just, you'll be anxious. She's like, "Oh my god, she she's totally stripping." She's I'm practically naked now. <laughs> Here we go. When I was dressing for this, I was like, form and function and color. I've got, this is like my, my most comfortable pants. Plus, you need to be a little bit of business on top. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I realized I had a big hole under my arm. And I was like, oh, I won't look. It's fine. Yeah. Lisa doesn't care. No, no, that's cool. You were wearing a very nice velvet cape the other night. I was. Thank you. That's like my fun my fun outfit. It comes out for reception. So therefore, I haven't worn it for a couple of years. <laughs> right. So my guest today is Lisa Sears. I'm Felicia, host of the Hi Felicia podcast. Lisa is a lovely community member who is an artist and also curated an amazing exhibit called Lines. Connecting, Connecting lines. lines. I don't know why I want to say lines by lines or <laughs> lines by. It's the editor in here, line by line. Lines connecting lines. And I had the lovely fortune of participating in it. So there's two poems of mine. And then explain Woo-hoo. explain your concept behind that, line con- lines connecting lines. Um, basically, it was to get artists and poets together to kind of, I, I think, uh, creative people. We're in our studios. We're in our garrets. We're in our silos. And to just get folks together mixing a little bit and trying to get some inspiration, some excitement it for an audience right so they get to see a little bit of the madness behind the scenes through the connection of the artists and the poets coming together and the elements in the show so there's a there's a visual element or a visual artist so it could be mixed media it could be pencil it could be painting photography photography and then they're responding to poems that different poets created yes did you Um, Did you talk to folks beforehand in terms of how they wanted or could interpret those? Oh, yeah. That was a big part of it. I mean, I loved meeting with the poets. Or excuse me. Well, sorry, poets. I actually met with the artists. So we did it in two different (laughs) groups. So we had a a Zoom chat because it was definitely during COVID. Yeah. But then also we had a masked in-person meeting. And I really encouraged the artists to uh, sit with the poem. You know, some Artists, they knew right away, that's my poem, I'm going to take it, get out of my way, everybody, no, I'm not going to share it. And other people, they really mulled over it. And I said, you know, give yourself a week and really think about it, read through all the poems, see what not just you have a knee-jerk reaction, oh, I'm going to do this and this, but maybe push yourself a little bit more, right? Mm -hmm. Really think about the words, go into the poem a little bit more, 
Um, if you feel comfortable, go to the poet or if you just want to go inward. So um, I really wanted people to do whatever they felt most comfortable with, but I did encourage them to, to sit with a poem. Because as you know, I mean, as a writer, it, it takes a while, right? Yeah. For a good poem, you're going to get something immediately that feeds you, but you you have to put some of yourself in there. Yeah. You have to read it again. You have to think about it. And then the nuances come out. I mean, for the for the poems, um, for us, we read through them many, many times, just trying to get a good sense of them and what would be a good a good fit yeah. and what would excite an artist, what would get them to go into the studio and create something. I found it, I mean, I think the conversation is continuing as well in, in this exhibit with specifically the folks who responded to my work. Oh, good. But also I think there's more conversation there to be had. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I know initially you and I talked about this idea of a salon, which just lights my fire. Uh, my original thought behind um, the podcast was this idea of a salon. And I, I mean, there's nothing about a traditional salon um, where you could be living in like Paris and having wonderful <laughs> settees and couches and long flowing dresses and all kinds of nice selection of wine and Oscar Wilde quotes, Oscar Wilde flowing. quotes Dorothy Parker, <laughs> I love it. cigarettes in holders and like, you know, being a jazz former smoker in the oh, jazz music, the idea of like smoking again. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no yeah or like the idea well it's the idea of smoking it's not the actual smoking. the relaxed yes and like having i don't know different people from different walks of life just thinking about ideas mm -hmm. right that that's the connection is the uh, you could come from anywhere any background yeah. any and and any media anything that you work in but what connects you is is the art and that's a starting point Point for a conversation, and I think that's important for the 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 artists involved, but also for the participants who saw the exhibit. It, I mean, my God, you've got a poem and you've got artwork there. You can't tell me there's not something to discuss with right. the, the stranger st standing next to you or the friend that you brought with you. I mean, that's my hope that there's going to be a lot of conversations that are happening over coffee yeah. the next day. People are thinking about it. Someone's going to reach out to an artist or a poet and ask them a little bit more. So um, I, I really feel it's something that can continue. So I love your idea of salon. Girlfriend, go for it. You oh, need to... I wish I had more couches, but the idea, <laughs> but the idea, like perhaps that we could have, um, we could have a virtual salon mm -hmm. where we have the artists, the visual artist, and the poet together, and then we do like little breakout rooms where audience members can go in and sort of sit in on a discussion, or we host maybe two at a time where we say, okay, talk to talk to each other about. You know, what did you see in the work? What did you see in the visual representation of, or the vis vi visual interpretation, not necessarily straight interpretation, but conversation between the work mm -hmm. and then conversation between the artists. Yeah. And the range of topics and subjects blew my mind. Good, good. That I'm, I'm happy to hear that because we really wanted it to be um, open and universal and uh, a, a mix of things that were very emotional, yes. and very, very personal to the the artist, but also that could relate to a lot of people and good conversations going. So yeah. I could even see for the salon idea going with like some themes that showed up and then people could yeah. pull from that from other artworks or books or things that they've enjoyed and, and bring into that, that what, theme. What were the, th what were some themes that you saw? Oh, wow. Now you've put me on the spot. Um, Oh, there was a lot. Let's see. Well, okay. So I was very interested in the poem Walk in the Neighborhood, which was, uh, it, it's very Rachel cut and dry. Yeah. yeah. Is that um, a person is, they're, they're going out, they're walking around their neighborhood. They see one of their neighbors. They don't even know him by name, but they know that his son died. And coming out of COVID, I think we all, we, you know, we can relate to a friend of a friend type yeah, of a situation. Yeah. And it's the moment of what do you do as a human? You, you want to reach out to that person. You want that yeah. connection. Yeah. But we're also 
you know, make sure that I, I oh, identified uh, Rachel if that wasn't Rachel's work. Yes, who let, whose work that was? I want to say it was Rachel. This was Walk in the Neighborhood by Julia uh, Lasella. Oh, okay. She was one of our Medford artists, and okay. I, she's a new person to me. So that was wonderful. She actually had three beautiful poems um, in the in the exhibit, Lines Connecting Lines. And I'm trying to think of. Um, well, we had some pretty emotional ones, uh, End in Tears by Anna Joffrey, yeah. where it's a very romantic but um, unapologetic poem. And another one which was really intense is Kathy Fisher. She's one yes. of our Malden artists yep. and Holes in the Brain and also Untitled, which were very uh, personal and universal yes. at the same time. And as you might expect, nature came up for folks, yeah. you know, as a way to... Um, relate to artists and colors too. There was a yeah. lot of color yeah, imagery, are. yeah, and blue, in your poem. Uh, my um, the book that I'm putting together is a collection where each chapter is a color, and then oh. so I start with a color, and then I write through the feelings that I associate with that color. And um, since I've been part of the Malden Writers Collaborative, we always used to some kind of universal feedback we would give folks is they'd start their work with some poem or quote and we we would say write your own and so some of what I started doing was I'd start each chapter with a poem and then short story Mm -hmm. something prose perhaps something a little fantastical and I realized that like I was just mixing mixing in different things but starting with that color first Mm -hmm. so and then all of my colors add up to my favorite color which is magenta (laughs) but i'm thinking i might even um do an abbreviated chapbook i'm starting to percolate this idea um of it of just magenta so i would take all the poems that i've written for all the different chapters and put those into a chapbook only you some artists that could help you with I the know. cover or the chapter. You have the different nuances of what magenta means to you. Like, it's, it's a power color, I think, for you. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I also liked the, um, I love the idea that color builds on itself to build something new. Hmm. So, like, in my poem, um, Blue is the Color of Her Year, I talk about um, blue's got, um, parent colors, mm-hmm. cyan and magenta. Um, and that I was also talking in the poem about my parents mm-hmm. and sort of their relationship and um, observing from the outside someone like my mom who has dementia and my dad who was trying to be her caregiver but couldn't mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. inhabit the role fully from, from what she needed but still... Um, the idea of loss of a spouse versus loss of a parent. Mm -hmm. Because you always think of, at least in my situation, I was stuck sometimes just thinking of it from my perspective and then uh, sort of observing, wow, you know, there's a different level to this. Right. Um, Yeah, I thought about your father in that poem, kind of what his feelings were, how what he was, you know, it's one thing to see it in a parent, but in a, a partner to see that change. Yeah. So that yeah, I really appreciated that in your poem, and it's and it's interesting because the artist, um, Malden artist uh, Elizabeth Scorsello, yes, she picked up on the first line of your poem yes. because her father has blue eyes, and then that yes. sent her off on a direction, and she made a very personal artwork related to what you had put yes. out, which I thought was wonderful, and the I really enjoy her artwork with um, she has. Th- a multitude of blues. Yes. And it kind of reminded me of a um, uh, an eye exam where you're trying yes. to focus and you can't quite, things are fuzzy, you can't quite focus anymore. So that made me think of your mom. It, it, it turned back to your mom again. Yes. Which was a, it, was a, it was an interesting dynamic. There's so many layers going. to it. And I think the fact that she picked up on so many layers was really interesting to me and very... Um, insightful and when I got the opportunity just to speak to her briefly she did talk about how she was immediately drawn to that line which which um, when you talked about that in the reception made me very emotional Um, and I thought wow you know 
to see the impact of my words on someone else, but also to see that inspiration of where she took it to. Yes. Um, yeah. But she was explaining a little bit how her original idea was very much an eye and she didn't want it to be too representative and too linear. So she dove into that more. She went down a few layers to think about how she wanted to convey mm. that. And I just, I found it so fascinating, so interesting. I brought a friend through the exhibit early on and showed her the different work. And uh, she said it reminded her of clocks. <gasps> Ooh, interesting. Ah, I'll have to go back and look at it now. Well, I love, I love what you said um, that you were getting feedback. And I think this is true for any mm. creative people. We, we work so long by ourselves. We question ourselves. We freak out, whatever. That it, Part of what I loved about this idea was allowing people to talk and discuss and, and see the fruits of their labor. Yeah. You know, that it became manifest. Your words became manifest. And then... Each person that comes by and hears your reading, you know, all, you know, for the little recordings, which is fantastic, or just reads it for themselves. It's a whole different experience, right? And then the artist, what they did. And then hopefully the viewer will walk away thinking, well, what would I have done with this? You yeah. Know, how would I have interpreted it? It's, um, I think it's a necessary next step for sort of art to live and breathe. The last guest I had on, we talked about music. We talked about like the creative process, but then how every time you sing that song, it sort of changes. Mm. And I love the idea, especially with written word, how you think of it as a capturing sort of maybe a moment in time, but it's organic and it's fluid and it changes. And then with this exhibit, it's created a conversation with another artist. And then there's a conversation between the artwork and then there's a conversation between the audience and the artwork. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's that was one thing that was a little difficult for me with this exhibit is I didn't get to overhear the conversations, which was uh, I did this project back in 2015, and that was one of my favorite things was to hear the poets and the artists talk or hear them discover the work together and the nuances of it, you know, just listen in the background and then to hear the audience members respond to it as they saw the exhibit. And just because of where we are in the world right now, I couldn't, you know, I didn't want to be leaning over, <laughs> leaning over people's <laughs> shoulders, breathing on them. But um, I would, I just love those conversations. So I hope they're still happening, even if um, yeah, I didn't get to weasel in on them. We should find a way to, to capture that, capture those conversations because they're so important and they're so meaningful and they, you know, not, not, not even beyond helping people, but I think they, they add value to our community and our world. Um, and they're, they're fascinating, you know, that yeah. that's part of the reason behind the podcast is this idea of being able to allow people to be a fly on the wall to conversations that, I mean, I personally find very interesting <laughs> and fabulous, but also, um, not everybody gets to have this like yeah. coffee chat and like explore ideas and that kind of thing. And so. it's a starting point too. I think it gives people permission that there's not a wrong or right answer. I, I know for, for me as a layman for poetry, so I think some people think, oh, th there's an answer here. This is a puzzle. This yes. poem is a puzzle. Yes. I have to get it, and I have to write two paragraphs on it. And, and you know, <laughs> there'll be a quiz at the end. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to, uh, you're going to read this poem today, and you're going to feel differently about it than when you read it ten years from now, yes. because you're a different person in that poem. A good poem, a good work of art, yes. is going to grow with you, just like with a painting. Right. You know, there's there's artwork that people have in their homes. They walk by it, they walk by it, and then one day they just really need to see it. Yes. And they see it in a new way. Yes. So, can you think of an artwork that you felt that way about? Oh wow! Is it something perhaps you created or someone else uh, or? Oh, well, classical or well, I guess I can say that um, I put up my artwork in my house and I know there's some artists that think that's that. just like so gauche, like you shouldn't do that. But I like my art 
and I have my own house and I don't have a landlord screaming at me. So I love putting up my art and sometimes it just taunts me. It's like, <laughs> you know, that corner's not right. It's just not right. I, I have taken things that I thought this, this puppy's done and it's like, no, it's driving me crazy. I'll take it down off the wall a year later and, and make some adjustments. So it, 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 it's actually a good process for me to have it up and looking at it. But yeah, yeah I had a painting I, I made quite a long time ago and I wasn't quite sure what it was about. It had, I use women a lot in my work. I'm a woman. I relate to women. Yeah. I have sisters and a mom and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and I was using fish in it and I was using vessels and it, it became the start of a, of a symbols that I used for many, many years. But I, I didn't know what that story of that particular painting was until I named it which um, I realized, oh, this is about a friend of mine who had a loss. And oh. I couldn't tell myself that while I was working on it. Yeah. But when I put it up and I looked at it and I titled it, then I knew, oh, this is about her and me trying to understand this experience that she's gone through. I love that. So. Yeah, and when we have, I, I think... I, I love, um, I interviewed Sharon Santillo on the podcast, Ooh. and we talked about how everybody's an artist. It's a matter of how you tap into that. Now, some people who have more practice at it and, and may tr truly have a better sense of that intuitive skill of it, um, you know, create more what we consider traditional art, mm -hmm. but that everybody has that ability. And when you tap into that creative side, whatever it is, mm -hmm. um, it unlocks some other part of your brain and some other piece of information that you get. It's not always apparent. Yeah. Oh, well, people do it in their gardens, in their yes. cooking. You know, someone yes. who's a, a beautiful cook or they, um, they crochet or... They do woodworking things around their house. Yep. They sing. They whistle. Like they're expert whistles or whatever. But I, yep. I, I think the main thing um, that I'll agree with you on that is it's getting to that place. It's almost like a meditation, yeah. re reverberation. It's a humming. It's being part of things. Yes. Focusing in, taking the time, and then letting a certain amount of joy come in. Yeah. And, and non judgmentness so you're out in your garden you're with your flowers you're having that moment and there's art that people see and there's art that people will never see yeah but it, it's still important and absolutely meaningful. yeah how did you come to art like what was your oh it's that's such a funny question because when people ask artists that it's always like I was three years old <laughs> and the light came shining through and it bathed me like I was a baby angel or, uh, you know, um, I ran out of paper as a kid and I just went to the walls. So um, the walls didn't get painted in my room until I was about nine. So um, it just I've always been interested in mark making and yeah. drawing and creating. I'm making worlds. I, I am making yeah. other worlds out there, but I love music and um do you play no i but if i could do anything i would be a musician i i beyond all things i i just um so <laughs> I, the uh back back before youtube um <laughs> i tried to teach myself as a kid how to play guitar or mandolin i had yep. different instruments around i was in the band in school but uh i had a, a beatles anthology every Beatles song in the world and yeah. I had my little thing and I would play and I'd sing my heart out and my brother would stand outside my closed door and howl <laughs> <laughs> and maybe he was doing me a fantastic favor of like uh you're gonna get eaten out there you know yes. I'm just gonna beat you down or you know whatever I it the conviction it wasn't strong enough so I I feel I've come to a happy place with art. It's like, yeah. okay, this is this is a good balance of it's challenging and frustrating. It's all get yes. out. And then sometimes it's just smooth and wonderful and it just yeah. flows. Yeah. Yeah. I identify with a lot of those things. I, I oh, if I could have had any talent, it would have been music. And mm. I play with different things from time to time. My husband's a musician, so... Um, <gasps> Uh, he's actually got a really nice voice, and his daughter, uh, my stepdaughter, is a 
she has a gorgeous voice. Um, but he plays in a band called the Daylilies, and <clears throat> he's a drummer. He's got an amazing. It's beautiful to see music through his eyes, uh-huh. um, and hear music through his ears. Um, but he gifted me a ukulele, and I took lessons with a very patient man. <laughs> Very, very patient man. <laughs> and? And I gave it up because it, it was too, it was too beyond me. Like there's, Aww. there's the idea of stretch and then there, there's the idea of stretch with such discomfort <laughs> to yourself and the people around you. <laughs> it doesn't mean that I won't try again, but <clears throat> it was too, it was too, a little too hard. You know, too hard. I'll tell you, get yourself one of those, I forgot what they're called. Uh, I'm motioning it with my thumbs. The little thumb piano, the little African oh, yes, dinky yes, yes. Those things, they're so beautiful. All the tones and sounds, get a nice one. And you can suddenly feel like a rock star with your little ding ding. They sound really nice. Try well, it. I still sing in the shower and I still you know, belt it out in the car. Good. <clears throat> and, you know, have fantasies of being called up on the on stage for the band. <laughs> no, please, Felicia, please, you must come up share with us. But, yeah, I, and... The idea of also embracing the fact that you call yourself artist, Mm. was that hard for you? Yes, that was an absolute decision. Like, I'm just not going to screw around with this anymore. I'm just decided. I'm I'm not a big labels person. Um, I I, I think labels are fluid and, you know, we don't need to have everything chomped down. But I did decide specifically that I will call myself an artist. I have worked hard and I've suffered through it. I'm not saying I'm a great artist. I'm just saying I'm an artist. Yes. And prove me wrong. Fisticuffs. We're going to yes. we're going to go over it. But no, it was it was a a dedicated decision and I I talked to a young person um few months ago and I and she was talking about her photography and him and Han and I said, "You know you're an artist, right?" And she's like, "No, no." And I'm like, Let, "Let's talk about your work. Yeah, you're an artist. That's okay. You can take that." That's a gift. Yes. And, you know, and then do something with it. It's not like, oh, I'm an artist. I'm now a piano. It just settled somewhere. It's like, no, right. now you now you go out and you do something. Right. You Activate the word. That. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's tough, too, I think, to think of. And there's a lot of folks r- along the way that will say, um, you don't check these boxes, so you can't call yourself the thing. Mm. Um, or you're not doing it the way that it's taught or mm-hmm. you're not doing it like. What was, do you, did you have art education? Oh yeah. Yeah. I went, I had my bout of poverty. That's what I always <laughs> tell people. Yeah. I majored in poverty. Um, but no, I got a degree, uh, in art, uh, fine art. So studio art with a minor in art history and English. And my mom's like, get the ink. You can do the art, but you need something to fall back on. And she was right. Cause I got a job in editing. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, so no, that, I mean, it was my, Oh my gosh. In high school, I was, I was such a drag because I had this vision of we are going to march forward with (laughs) art. We are going to save the world. You know, like this 1930s arms linked, we were going to storm the Capitol with art. And I was like super serious about it. I mean, I really truly, yes, do I still believe it? I know I definitely believed it then. I'm kind of old and worn out now. But but one of my teachers, his nickname for me was Lisa Sirius, because I was like, I am here for a reason. I am treating this like any other class. I'm putting my whole heart into it. And um, so I forgot the question because I just got so excited, (laughs) exercised about it. Uh, But yeah, no, I definitely, I studied, I still study, I still read. um, Yeah. I don't get to go out and see as much art in person as I would like to. I regret that, but we'll we'll get there. I know it's cheesy, um, but I found some parts of the Van Gogh immersive exhibit really touching. Mm, I haven't seen that. I've read about it. I'm, you know, I'm of I'm of two minds about that because I know there's a Frida Kahlo one out yes. and there's a Monet. And on the one hand, I think, okay, this is good. This is bringing in new um, audiences. This is educating people. This is making the immersive experience. But also I really mourn it. I'm really sad that a person can't stand in front of a Frida Kahlo painting or Van Gogh painting and just be there. Just be there and not have to have the sound and the music and the... um, 
it's it's like saying art has to be more than what it is. These paintings yes. are not enough. Right. And I find that unfortunate. Um, I think to enjoy a painting, you need to get comfortable. You need to sit down. Yes. And you need to go into it. And I think all of art should be that way. I think we're we're uh, maybe it's just in America. We want these things to happen now. I know. It's too quick. So I think the immersive thing can be good, but I also think it can take a lot away from the artist's intent. Agreed. I'm pretty sure Van Gogh did not. And Frida, my God, that woman, she had an ego. So she was, she knew how she wanted things to be. Absolutely. So it's Absolutely. a mix. I think it's, um, I, I feel that all, uh, the same way. I feel the same way about it. There was, there were parts of the exhibit that I thought, why, why does it have to be moving? Why, why does it have to be like beyond visual, beyond mm -hmm. just what it is? It's, it's um there's a part of it that's discounting perhaps the original intent of the artist. Yes. Yes. Um and I just thought um it's the same way sort of that I feel about poetry sometimes where <clears throat> people are like, "Oh, so you must be doing slams." And I hate the idea mm. of poetry being competition. Mhm. Mm because I I don't there's a I, I admire folks. I, I mean, I, I think Amanda Gorman is amazing. And part of her thing is the presentation of the poem and how she inhabits it mm -hmm. and how she vocalizes it. It's a theatrical yes, experience. Which is beautiful. Yeah. Um, but that's her choice of, mm -hmm. po of, how she, of how she chooses to work with her work mm -hmm. um, or admit her work. Um, I don't think every poet has to be that. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I mean, my experience with, with poetry is uh, usually reading it quietly to myself. Yeah. So it was very interesting working on this project and being so involved with the spoken word. And I really appreciate that experience. I was thinking about, um, well, at the reception when we had the poets read aloud and just seeing their their faces and what words they emphasized and and it made me again to want to go back and and reread the poem. I don't yeah. I don't think it has to be one or the other, but girlfriend, if you don't want to do a poetry slam, you don't. <laughs> I know. It's I know. okay. And I admire folks that have that ability. I think that that's, and it, it also has gotten more young people involved with poetry, mm. which I love. Um, but it's not the only, it's not the only way I think to experience, experience poetry. Um, I thought your reading was very emotional and clever. Oh. You really had an, a nice way of, um, interacting with your material. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. I, I had never done it before. I mean, I would not have known that. No, I, I I've never in my life read a poem aloud until I was like, oh, I set this up and I'm going to have to read this poem. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Because I thought there'd be a select number. And then I'm like, oh. So um, I enjoyed it. Good. It was fun, but I felt like a real scallywag interloper. Like I wasn't supposed to be there. You know, like I just kind of wandered up on a stage somewhere and a spotlight came on. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to tap dance. But thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I don't know that I'll ever do it again. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the folks that responded to your work? What, 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 did, what struck you with their artwork? Oh, that was so much fun. Um, well, so they didn't know that they had gotten my work. So it, it was a blind reading. So nobody knew who their poet was. They didn't know if there was one poem by them or three or male, female. They had the, the idea is that this is, this is their poem. They need to claim it, you know, for yes. their own. Um, so I, I was tickled when I, cause I didn't know, maybe no one was going to pick what I did. Um, with um, I've known Jen Multoni for a long time. We've actually shown here together at Uma Gallery, and um, I I like the way that she worked with materials. She was very tactile mm -hmm. in her reaction to the poem. She was thinking about the lighting and the translucent leaves and um, the ephemeral experience. I was trying to put out there the transitory moment because mm -hmm. that's really what that 
my one of my poems was just it, it, like an impressionist painting. You're just there for a minute, yeah. and then er, things shift, and it's gone. You you can't hold on to it anymore. Yeah. You know. So I love that she was really thinking about translucence and impermanence mm. i feel in her piece even as she was dealing with nature which is like yeah a tree's a tree it's there right yeah. and then for uh linda dolph um she and i are buddies we've we've known each other for years so i was i think she was kind of nervous when she got my poem she's like oh my gosh what i think she felt a little pressure and i said linda oh my gosh you can handle it a hundred percent um, so I was just thrilled beyond words when I saw what she did and we're in a crit group together. So I got to see her working on it and I really, um, I had to hold myself back cause I'd put it out to the artists at a certain point mm -hmm. in the process. Like, Hey, if you want to do, um, if you want to have like a group crit, we can look at work and talk about it. If yeah. you need some feedback or go to your poet or come to me. So I did have some one-on-ones with people on the phone or whatever, you know, where we, talked about the work but I actually got to see Linda suffering through it so that was kind of fun I'm like I know you're going to do it and she she um she is a very um uh in, in internally motivated uh I'm trying to think of all the emotional sounds like ah hysterical not that but I mean she is a true soul artist mm. like mm. she really is expressing her inner heart and reaching out to the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's a very, very giving artist. So um, it was just beautiful to see how she worked with the, um, the idea of these these two figures, kind of touching, not touching, yeah. being together, not being together. And she did it viscerally. So she used thread and she used printing and the way she used colors and balancing out the color. Um, it was just really cool. I was thrilled with with both of what the artist did because it was so different. What was the um, name of your poems again? The two you just oh, described. Oh, okay. Uh, Linda, um, she made artwork for spinning, and then uh, Jen made artwork for once. Love it. Thank you. The finding the poems finding the right home, I think, just really struck me in that my poems. Um, both had to do with aging and um, feelings and some grief and parents. And they both found homes with people who are a little older than me, not much probably. But also I'm struck by the, the tenderness by which that they approached mm -hmm. the words yeah. and the, yeah. the care. And maternal is the wrong word in that it's not that traditional niche, but sort of parental perhaps that the, they just kind of like a safe, safe home that Caring. they landed, the care they landed yeah. with. And the, um, the woman who, um, created the artwork for my poem called the path literally did pick an image out of my head mm -hmm. that I had of my backyard growing up. And I told her I was looking for a picture, uh, that I had definitely of that, of that in winter. Tell me again her name. Uh, that's Sarah, uh, G-E-R-O-U-L-D. I'm always afraid I'm going to say yes. it wrong. She's she's one of our um, Medford artists. Yeah, she did it. It's just an amazing job because those footprints are in blue, which I love because it references the other poem for me. And then the path I thought of as white, but she used white as an accent rather than an overwhelming color, yes. which I love that choice. Well, she's got a great sense of color, so that, that didn't surprise me. I was so thrilled when I saw her artwork, but I, her, her sense of color is really spot on. Yeah, it's just, it, was, um, it was amazing to me that someone sort of picked an image out of my head that I had when I was writing the poem. And may, you know, maybe I conveyed that with my words, but I thought of it more as sort of like a kismet kind of thing too. Aww. Um, so you have a game you want to play here? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, I I've spent years just freaking out in the studio. I've, I've been on my own. I'm, I haven't been on my own and I've been on my own artistically a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm, a I'm a mom. I have a family, all kinds of good yep. stuff going on, but in my studio, I'm often by myself. So I have a bottle and on the lid it says try. So this is a little art prompt for you. Okay. So it, it says artist, but it could be 
you know, you put it put in your thing. Yes. You just pick one out like a fortune cookie. You you get two tries. So if you take one out and it's like eh, then you get another one. So okay. So she she for the members at home, she's taking a piece of paper out of a jar. It's folded. Okay. She's selected her piece. All right. Let's see. What did I get? Oh my God. If you never finish your pieces, put the unfinished artwork on the wall in a prominent space. It will talk at you and taunt you until you finish it. Or maybe it was really, it really was done and you didn't know it until you let it be. Which is what you just described. Yes. I love that. I'll put that on my board. Woohoo. Good. It's true because I think, I forget if I was telling you the, um, when you offered us the opportunity to, to edit the work that was already. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I do that? What was I thinking? I thought, <laughs> yes, I should do that. Um, and we're always looking for the perfect words uh, or the perfect combination of words. Mm. Um, and I was thinking about this the other day, which relates so much to this is this, not every word is going to be perfect and beautiful and not every phrase will exactly capture what's in your head, but sort of good enough, or maybe you have a little brilliant um, sprinkled in amongst things that are just roadmaps for other pieces to connect. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like amazing five-star whatever all the time yeah because then you don't appreciate the quiet in between i think and and it's too much pressure i mean i tell myself uh not every work is meant to be a masterpiece it, it's yes some pieces are, are are good enough and and some i mean one of the beauties of a visual artist is sometimes i get mad and i just cut it up and then it's a new piece yes i, I chop it up and use it for the one little tiny part that I like, I save that, and the rest goes into the recycling bin, or yeah. it gets cut up and put into another piece. And I, I would think for writers that would be hard. I have a scrap bin sort of of pieces, <laughs> and so I have a ton of things that are sort of drafty kind of things that I, I pull from sometimes. Um, I have so much work saved on the computer, but then I for inspirational wise, I find I'm better with a pen and paper, mm -hmm. at least initially. Mm -hmm. And then I'll draw from the kernel of an idea. And I, I've gotten better about letting things germinate a little bit, but not procrastination around them. And then kind of, you know, um, sitting down and hunkering in and allowing, it to come through mm -hmm. rather than forcing it or trying to make it something. And the, and the wonderful part that I have access to is a writer's collab collaborative that we meet. We get to throw out some prompts. Sometimes we bring more raw stuff in the initial thing. And then if you can get yourself together for about 20 pages in, we set up times where we do workshops for each other. So we get nice. critiqued, we get what works, what didn't, how can we make it better, what was our original intent, and then what is the larger work fit into. Mm. Um, the support and the accountability that happens um, has propelled me forward and doesn't gets me out of my silo. Mm -hmm. And then offering opportunities like you have with this with this exhibit. Um, Putting things out there that may have been a little older, but perhaps creating something new. And then also, I would love to see, I'd love to come through the exhibit and acquire it a moment and see what kind of inspiration comes through that and yeah. then create work based on this. Yeah, one of, uh, one of our artists, um, uh, Sharon Santillo, she had written a poem because she was inspired, so she... One of her uh, poets was Terry E. Carter. Yes. And then she made a work of art related to that. And then she was inspired for herself to write a poem. And I, I would think um, I encourage artists or creative folks to come in and use the exhibit or what's available online as a starting point for them. Yeah. Make their own artwork, make their own poem, or 
do the the counter say like no 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 this is not right I'm going to do it better I'm going to do my own yes. thing in a, in a different direction well I saw so much collage and that's the only um I'm not a painter or someone who draws but uh, that's the the if I want to do something with my hands I do I, I I probably call them more like vision boards but it really is collage mm. and I love the the sewing or thread or fabric or I have a whole box of words, and when I collage, I try not to use words because words are really my medium, so I try to express through images, uh-huh. and um, I had been doing a series of a lot of things that had to do with doors and portals, so like, you know, when I was doing more Pinterest kind of stuff, one of my boards is portals and portents, <laughs> and so it's Fun. all this idea of like stepping through a door mm. to another world and then is that your imagination is that dreams is that uh future pr- prospects is that where you want to go where you are where you've been um and sort of just a blending of all of that um oh it's a very rich visual and i mean there's just so many things you could go back to jung and read chapters yes. i'm sure on yes. that and, and and looking back through history i mean yes. it's so important in architecture right the 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 going in from the outside to the inside yes. and having that experience you're in a new space. I was just thinking about one of my poems has to do with um, like the house as a metaphor because I was a, a psychology major undergrad and my master's is in communications. Um, this idea of the house as a metaphor is uh, something I just love anyways, but how older construction really took into consideration movement of air and how families used to live in their house and like you know how where where the kitchen usually is where the bathroom usually is and can in consideration of the other rooms um how sound travels Mm -hmm. new construction is all boxy and flat Uh, and it's not about open windows slow it's not about about flow. flow yeah like just the very simple nature of the house that we live in is a little older not not tremendously older but a little older was built in the 40s but it has a bow window in the front and a bow window on the side Mm. and our our proximity to um the rumney marsh is that we get salt water smell when it's gonna rain and um we get um the way the trees line the the street brings the airflow through and um it's just, we don't even hear Route 1, and we are literally a two-minute ride from it. Uh, I love that you say that because this isn't really on our, our topic, but the importance of nature yes, and, and responding to it. And, and getting back earlier to what I was saying for art, you really need to slow down. I feel you need to s- sit yeah. with something. And I, th- and I think part of that is um, if you appreciate nature and you notice nature— I think that opens up your brain and your heart to more naturally do that. Yeah. So the idea of, of having green space, even in an urban environment like yes. Walden, that you have trees and bushes and birds and and times um, to just slow down a little bit. Yeah. So you're physically slowing down. You're walking a little bit slower because you're stopping and noticing things. You're smelling, yes. right? Yes. Uh, instead of cars, you're smelling salt marsh, yes. which is amazing i always have um and that's some of the things i try and do also with my work is the five senses because i um i dream in pictures and colors but i also love like that what is what does something taste like what is the feeling of that taste what is the um how you know when you ground yourself doing a grounding exercise like where are your feet on the floor put your hands in your lap can you feel the feet? Uh, can you feel the energy? Like a grounding exercise is all about like spreading your roots down and spreading your roots up. I just knocked my phone over. That was that was like some of my clumsy stuff coming through. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, my I'm grounding and flying. Um, but you grow like your t- tentacles out to grab what's good coming in, and mm-hmm. then you're grounding yourself down into the earth. Um, how do you relate to your green space around you? Are you a gardener or? Oh, that is an interesting question. Um, 
there's like 400 different ways I could go with this. I'll say for me, uh, I do work in the yard. I make a list of, okay, that died. Don't plant it there. <laughs> Try it over there. Oh, that died. Dog sat on it. That's got to, you know, so I, I have my list of failures, and that's okay, because eventually I'll find that thing that, that will grow. I enjoy being outside. I'm the chief uh, lawnmower person and uh, clipper with a little hedge clippery things. Um, we have a little electric, electric lawnmower, so it's soft, and it's kind of my meditation in the summer. Yeah. I just kind of go back and forth. It takes me like two hours. We don't have a big yard, but my <laughs> husband's like, you want me to make dinner because you're going to go out? Because I'm thinking. I get in a yes. very meditative state, and yes. I'm looking at the, and I stop, and I, oh, there's a frog, and oh, there's a rock, and meow, 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 and then yes. time, and then it's like, oh, it's dark outside. I need yes. to go inside. So, um, yeah, oh, I, I love, yeah, nature is, is inspiring to me indirectly and and how it makes me feel i i'm not um i i can't draw a good tree i love trees and and i love their roots and i love the structure of a a tree is like a skeleton for a human and all the things in there but um yeah i'm i'm happy to be in it and enjoy it i um i relate a lot because i'm not a good um like pretty pretty flower where do the flowers go how do you arrange things i like digging holes (laughs) i like filling in the holes my dog has dug up when i'm out doing uh hedge trimming or whatever i always talk to the the thing and say i'm just giving you a haircut Uh, (laughs) i'm just taking off the dead ends oh it's Um, because i'm normally like oh yeah snap snap yeah well let me tell you snap 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 but and i love raking i I hate yeah i I love raking i hate scooping up the leaves yes but i just like raking them like the cover the, it's just the piles yeah, yeah, yeah. Piles. oh i love doing that and then oh i'll put them in a Sticks, row or whatever yes, and then yeah. i'm like well you know i think the insects like these leaves <laughs> so i'll just spread them out a little bit more again so they yes. get something to enjoy and, and i like uh rehabbing things so like stuff <laughs> that's like in the wrong because we i'm in a rental situation but our landlord is our friend and it's his family's house so he, so I'll say like, you know, that hydrangea really, I want to dig it up and put it someplace else. He'd be like, go for it. Oh. So like, and what did the hydrangea say? Uh, the hydrangea has been happy. Oh, good. Yeah, the hydrangea has been really happy. So I throw my coffee grounds on it, and I try and keep my dog away from <laughs> yeah. digging on it. And um, it it's in a better better home now. We have uh, some tulips that I have. Almost like the security fence, like three levels of security <laughs> fence around it. And I think, I think really like, so to enjoy the tulips, I have to keep the dog off of them and the squirrels from squirrels. eating them. You know, they like the red ones the best. I know. And that's why we have red yeah, ones. I had a gardener friend tell me that it's like a thing. And I've yes. seen squirrels. They they will go out and just bite off the, the red head. Yes. And then they'll run away. Yes. It's like, dude, take it with you. Yes. Give it to your babies. Oh. Wear it. Do something and with it. Don't just bite it out of I spite. I lo- love the squirrels, but um, I have a greyhound, and we never thought he was a squirrel killer until he had a friend over, and then the two of them went to town and got, got a squirrel. And In a wild. It was sad. It was sad. It was really sad. And they didn't really finish it, and then I ended up having to... Yeah, and then I told the squirrel how you know he was he was lovely and was sorry that he came to that end. But um, so I'm always kind of worried. Like if I send my dog out into the yard and I say, "Please don't eat the squirrels." <laughs> well, just knock on the door or the windows a little bit, and it gives the squirrels a head. You know, I kind of I kind of shake the door a little bit. Squirrels are so dumb too, and they sit there like, "Hey, <laughs> everything's how's fine. it going?" <laughs> Oh, he's big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I have like three squirrels in the backyard with like half tails. Oh, so they've already no. gotten into the scraps. Oh, wow. I don't know who's gotten them before. but And then we also have uh, like larger prey birds because of the marsh. We're close. They'll come and try and like, they'll be like, hmm, what's going on on Oliver Street? Any, any small pets that I could eat? Um, we've had hawks. We've had, we definitely have crows. Um, we definitely, we've had some trash pandas, panda, you know, uh, raccoons. Um, what have you seen? Any kind of wildlife? Oh yeah. Um, on Easter, we saw a beautiful turkey Yeah, and and it hung out for a, a, like my daughter, there's, we have, 
uh, so right now behind us there is a beautiful small wooded area that will soon be developed and it breaks my heart but for right now um it's like a cool turkey hangout spot (laughs) and then later in the same day a little coyote decided that he was just checking out what was going on and i kid you not one time i saw a deer and my husband was like whoa 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 i'm like no i'm telling you right out the window there's a unicorn in the garden but it was i mean it was it just ran down our street toward main street like yeah. Dude, the Fells is a long way away. Yeah. Pine Banks Park. Good luck, my friend. I hope you make it. We've seen coyote, but we've also actually seen fox. Oh, um, nice. So my husband was walking the dog at night, and he, he was like two blocks ahead. And he said the dog kind of looked, and the fox kind of looked, and then he just kind of slunk away. He just decided. But the dog was not like, the dog probably was, he's a sight hound, but he was probably like, hey. Yeah. Hey, other dog. <laughs> I, like, I always think of... Um, um, fabulous Mr. Fox. What is it now? Oh, oh, the uh, who's working? George Clooney. Yes, with the, yes. But who's this filmmaker? He has an amazing sense of color. I can't remember. Uh, Wes Anderson's. Mm. Wes Anderson. That's it. Have you ever seen his movies? I've seen the fabulous Mr. Fox, and my favorite part is when they're eating. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the part that I remember. <laughs> well, there's a whole interaction that they have with like the wolf, El Lobo, and then they look at each other, and he says something like "Good day, sir." Um, but Wes Anderson has other movies where the color schemes are just amazing. Oh. I think the latest one was. That's a Darjeeling Limited. The one that took place in the hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that one, too. Oh, it's like, oh, here's somebody I really like that I had no clue. Because I don't remember names. But, no, I loved both of of those films. And his first one that I loved so much was Rushmore. I mean, there's there's still quotes that, like... uh, you know, one of the guys is a, supposed to play a younger kid and he meets the he's got a crush on his like teacher and his teacher's date is a doctor. And he says something like, oh, I work in the ER. And he goes, oh, do you or oh, ER or something. And he just makes some bad pun. And I was like, oh, so Wes Anderson. It's like very like it's like micro jokes. Mm. Um, and he, did you pull one out of your bucket there to try? Oh, for me? Yeah. Oh, well, I wrote them all, so. <laughs> but I have a terrible memory, so it's exciting. It's like, oh, uh, what? Yeah, well, it's all right. Something so I'm, new. I'm looking, I know, it, truly, it's that way. I find things that I've written. I'm like, huh, I, I guess I. it's in my handwriting. So, yes. all right, so I'm taking one out of my little try jar here. Oh, look at an artist you love for the content. Forget color, composition, etc. What is the story or scene? feeling you get do you hear music does it have rhythm can you evoke that as well so that kind of goes back to the 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 prompts that you were talking about looking at other things and there's been some storytelling recently in shows that i've been watching where they do um they flip back and forth so like russian doll is one i'm thinking of where the storytelling is not linear she it plays it plays very that story plays very specifically with time um and she keeps looping through the same um set of circumstances until she tweaks sort of thing it's almost like that butterfly effect Uh. and then it propels her forward in the story but i love that idea of storytelling being like you said like a moment in time but then it's changed and evolves because of who interacts with it and Mm -hmm. how they interact and then the story gets evolved because especially in this exhibit the visual artist has evolved what the perhaps the concept or the theme or reaction to or the conversation with the poem Mm -hmm. yeah i think the capturing of time um it's a it's a very egotistical thing to do, but it's so human. And I, I mean, there are times that you just want to hold on forever. And then there's other times that are just Tuesday, but yes. it's Tuesday and there's a cup of coffee. And for a minute, you're just looking at a bird yeah. and what that bird is doing. And that's the whole wide world. Yeah. And then it's gone yeah. and that's life. Boom. And then you're dead. <laughs> 
that's a lovely place to end. Right? <laughs> <laughs> death. It all comes to death. <laughs> so the lines connecting lines is up through uh, June first is the last day. So okay. uh, I think that's Tuesday. Or Wednesday, and then June 2nd, I'm taking it down. Okay. Any other programming related to it or? Um, not that I know. There, there, there will be recordings available on the UMA website. Great. So they'll have the poetry up there for people to enjoy and some of the artwork. And um, But that's it. That's part of life. You got to go check it out. <laughs> Do you have any um, any projects on your horizon that you want to talk about? Or oh yeah, well this is a this is an important Malden uh, project. Is I'm going to be part of the upcoming Malden Courthouse Arts Festival, which oh it might be over by the time this podcast happens. It's on May 14th. It's oh, on a Saturday. Okay. And they did a call to artists, uh, just like an open call of folks here in Malden. And they're going to get performers and artists to come down to the courthouse on that Saturday and just kind of raise awareness about that site. Because the idea is Malden um, needs an art center and a cultural center. Yes. And they're going to take the old courthouse and get funding and convert. Yeah. yeah. So there's um, there's been ongoing discussions about what's going to be there. Is it going to be dance? Is it going to be theater? I'm yep. pushing for the art, but yep. I'm hoping maybe there'll be classes there. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Just I mean, it's it's nice to show my art, but I really want to promote that as a. I, it's time. I've I've lived here uh for over a dozen years and it's always like it's happening it's yes. a coming it's around the corner yes, come yes, on girl you can yes. do it so i'm excited to be part of that and i hope um to but uh, that's an ongoing conversation too oh, i mean yeah, you have yeah. you have an event coming up for that but that is such an important conversation for our community to have and it's not a nice to have it is um i think it's a need to have oh it's yes absolutely a necessity and I know that they're looking for input from the community and really find out what people would like to have. So, th so that's that's coming up. That'll be ongoing. I have um, work at gallery, the gallery at Fifty Seven, nice, um, which is a fun Malden space, and it's 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 held together by art volunteers and yes. people who care about the community. So. And I hope to show at the Malden Public Library. I've shown nice. there a number of times. It's a great space. It's I love, love the library. I love I'm, the library, too. I would not I have made it without Malden Public Library. Yeah. It, it's they a, support the Writers Collaborative that I belong to, oh, too. Good. So we used to meet there when we were meeting in person. Nice. So. And they have game night there. They do stuff for the kids. They have, yeah. it's like they have a little hallway and they've, open that up to artists and it's yeah. not a big thing it's um it, it, i i love the fact that let's see what we can do with what we have yes right instead of always going through for the perfect like you were talking about earlier trying to find that perfect word that's yes. going to make it you know it's like work with what you have make it better improve upon it but start somewhere you got to yes. start yeah i love that that's perfect Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Oh, this was super fun. I want to do it every single day now. I'm going <laughs> to follow you around. Can we do it again? Can we play? Can we Absolutely. play? Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's uh, there's no, you know, format in terms of that. We There's no topic or subject or I can't have repeat guests. So I will hope, I hope you come back. Oh, thank you. I, I love it. And I'm, I'm excited. Like I'm all educated about podcasts now. I'm like... <laughs> I am so 2010. I am with it. <laughs> the interwebs are fun, aren't they? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and thank you to Rachel, and thank you to, I swear to God, my um, sound editor is the most patient man at our ever, Sully, Sully Banger. He's a... Pro you know, semi-professional wrestler, but he also is a oh, cobbler. He There was a what? lovely, lovely... Um, focus spotlight on him in the globe on the sunday globe a few weeks ago and he's he just rehabbed this beautiful um cobbler site shoe repair place in providence wow how cool so yeah so Way. very very cool people that i get to work with yeah. on this endeavor so it's in the roof sullivan yes Woo. yes thank you so much thank you take care Hi Felicia is produced by Felicia Ryan and she retains all broadcast rights and copyrights to this program. Theme music provided by Stephanie Griffin. 
Technical support by Heather McCormick. Our sound editing is done by Sully Banger. Social media maven, previous guest, and my online content guru is Rachel Lento. Hi Felicia is supported in part by a generous grant from the Malden Cultural Council and recorded in cooperation with UMA Urban Media Arts in downtown Malden. You can find Hi Felicia on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, and most platforms a podcasts are found. Please take a moment to like, download, write a review, and share this program. You are our ears. Thanks for listening. To find out more about Hi Felicia or our guest or how to support this podcast, you can visit our Facebook page, our Instagram page, or www.feliciaryan.com, which is F-E-L-I-C-I-A-R-Y-A-N. And again, thanks for listening. Thank you.